Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. We don't even break down games anymore. What's there to break down? That's where we're at here in Jacksonville. Everything's bigger picture. Let's not take a look at uh, the first seven weeks, maybe at the bye week, and, and kind of see where we're at here in Jacksonville. If they need to move on, if they need to fix things, change things. No. Instead, it's, we're already there. Why wait till the bye week? And uh, fixing it is now a long-term discussion, uh, more so than anything that happened in a 60-minute football game. Because it's just more of the same. There, there's nothing uh, that different. We've heard it before. We've seen it before. We've seen it for years and years. Uh, overall, minus 2017. Bright spot here or there. A little sprinkling of hope here or there. Um, but now it's over in Jacksonville. And it's probably over in a lot of respects. It's over for the season. Uh, there's really not a lot of hope in Jacksonville. Uh, even if there was any to begin with. It depends on how you want to view the season. Uh, it's probably over for, I would think, Dave Caldwell, over for Doug Marone, over for this coaching staff. Might be over, I think it's probably over for Gardner Minshew, too. Uh, I mean, we're six games into the season, and I almost feel like you can talk in that those kind of absolutes about this football team right now. I don't see anything changing uh, of what I just said. The only thing that you could maybe cling your little wagon to here is that some of these guys these young guys and and by the way this is not an only thing like maybe it will happen it better happen or we're going to be doing this for a long long time they have so many young guys some of these young guys better better start taking a step forward and showing some improvement the football team's regressed the football team's getting worse the quarterback's doing the same and uh, they have absolutely no answers Uh, they really don't i mean doug marone give him credit for trying to get up there and explain it and trying to figure it out and i'm not saying they're not working at it the effort's out there too for this team you can tell they're flying around a little bit they're trying to do their thing but man oh man it's disgusting in jacksonville uh and it's not the first time we've uh we've seen uh, the the story of this book brent morton austin lane coos here on a uh, monday where the jags lose to the detroit lions 34 to 16 uh maybe the biggest indictment on this franchise over the last uh, dozen years is that they have not beaten the detroit lions since 2008 and i understand that you don't play them every year every year uh probably only a few games in that stretch but still they haven't beaten the detroit lions since 2008 <laughs> and i think they've lost to them three or four times in that stretch uh it was brutal on sunday man so much so that you went on strike you had no b talk you had no viking talk what, what, you couldn't come up with something for us? I mean, no, there's man, entertainment was, value here. No, I was making pancakes, actually, dude. And I, I, I didn't have time to research something and then put it down, uh, you know, on my tweets and everything. So I was, like I said, I was making some pancakes. And spoiler, those pancakes turned out to be pretty dang good. A lot better than the Jaguars played this past Sunday. Listen, I can sit here and say that Chase on is playing out of position, like I said when he got drafted, like I said, put him in a 3-4 defense, but you didn't want to do that, and that's fine. I can sit here and talk about that, but we've already done that. I can sit here and talk about how the interior had zero pass rush whatsoever, and they didn't handle that when they got rid of Clayus Campbell. I said it back when Clayus Campbell got let go. What's the plan to replace him? You didn't have a plan in place. Gunter got hurt, and you were just satisfied with Taven Bryan. We can sit here and talk about that again if you want to. I don't want to talk about it. Listen, I can sit here and bring up the things I brought the past couple weeks, and it's not 
not going to change anything. And if you if you at home or you on the road have been listening, you already know those things. So to me, there's nothing. There's no point in bringing up the past because the past is the past is the past. So all I'm going to say is we're going to sit here today and we're going to wonder whose fault this is. We're we're we're, we're going to sit here. We're going to hash this out and we're going to find a finger to a finger to point at you know a point a finger at somebody just because. I'm tired of saying the same thing every single week, and nothing has changed. If anything, it's gotten worse. So there's always so much breaking down of the game that I can do before it gets to the point where I'm just talking to myself. So with that being said, I think it's time to point a finger and say, who's to blame here? Well, I like how you bring that up, um, and I didn't know we were going to do that, but I, we're on the same page because I was actually thinking of this, and, and this will be uh, – it'll be interesting to see if you – if do you just go down the order of blame – by the hierarchy and of course when i talk about that you have the owner you have the gm you have the coach and coaching staff we'll put them all together and then you have the quarterback that's kind of how it works right and then i would say the fifth one is the players Uh, but the quarterback even comes before the rest of the players in the kind of the hierarchy of the nfl so those are am i missing anybody in there those are your five levels of of the football franchise okay um i would think so mm-hmm. if you're looking for blame if, if you want candidates and nominations for the blame game yeah uh those are the list now what i don't know if it goes one through five in that order certainly that'd be the easy way out mm. right mm. but if you're looking for okay why is this um i'm not sure it's technically in that order or not uh but that's kind of the question in Jacksonville, how you get it fixed. And what's interesting here is because I think it was Chris Myers who who brought up Shad Khan, right? And Chris Myers in the broadcast, which I wasn't listening to at the time, but I saw it explode on Twitter, how he said, you know, I think he called Shad Khan underrated owner and all these. And that like, whoa, that woke up Twitter, right? That sure. woke up the Jags fan base. Like, wait a minute now. Uh, look at the record. Look what's going on here. And there's been a lot of angst towards Shad Khan in recent uh, months and maybe even years now. Uh, it's kind of turned back toward him. Remember, there was this love affair with Shad Khan when he bought the team. Uh, this jovial uh, billionaire with a good-looking mustache and uh, the kismet was fun and this is going to be the hottest ticket and uh, I don't think the London stuff was that fun, but that got some of the angst of the, of, of the fan base and that's when it started to turn. Mm. And so... It's not like Shad Khan hasn't been under fire. What I think is a little bit interesting here is you can say all you want about ownership, and certainly ownership is a big part of it, but that's not something you can change. <laughs> you yeah. know, so if you that's fine to blame the owner, and it starts at the top, and it should start at the top, but that's not something you can change. So you're beating your head against the wall to say it's the owner, it's the owner. What are you gonna do? Fire the? You want the owner fired? You want yeah. him to sell? Well, good luck with that. You can go. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So that's where the other people and and parties in that list come into play. And again, I'm not absolving Shad Khan from ownership. I just think if you if you're calling for change in any way, shape, or form in this organization, well, change of ownership isn't happening. So you can call for it all you want, but that's not going to change anything. Change of decision making, change of who's running the operation. A uh, change of who you bring in, how you operate from a Shad Khan standpoint. Well, those things can all take place. Absolutely. Uh, and it probably does start at the top. I feel like it's interesting the last 24 hours, a lot of talk about uh, Shad Khan as an owner. And that is building some steam. 
But I don't think that has anything to do with the reality of the situation. And that is we're going to have an entirely different regime in 2021 uh, when you look at the other parts of uh, the hierarchy of this team, and that is GM, head coach, quarterback. So then let me ask you this. If, you, if you're if you so hell-bent right now and saying they're not going to be here next year, the coaching staff and maybe the GM, then why hasn't anybody lost their job yet? It's it's a it's a great question. I think uh, it's a fair question. Yeah. And I I go back to two different things, right? Uh, one is I just have listened to the owner talk before and say he doesn't like to do it in the middle of the season. Um, and I secondly would almost wonder if the best thing for the Jags organization at this moment is to do something that a lot of people wanted to happen right from the get-go of this season, and that is to not change anything and just let the losses pile up to mm. put your, your organization in a, in a spot. Now, now listen, that's a broad picture. I'm not saying these guys are going to lose on purpose, but do, do you bring somebody in to get a spark? Does that Listen, they're asking the same questions in New York. Like, Gase is as good as gone. But they're also wondering, you know what, if we spark this team to a win or two, we may lose out on the grand prize. Say That's the reality. Hey, you put, you're, you're not using the adjective I'm looking for. Go ahead and say it. Say, say the T word for me, please. Talking about tanking. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, this is the I, – I just – I've said this in the last 24 hours. It's the most Jaguars thing ever, maybe, that the Jaguars are not trying to tank, but they might be. Yeah. Well, and listen um, – and I, I'm sure I'm going to go against the fan base right now and a lot of people out there, maybe people in that stadium or in that practice facility. When, when I say that, the last thing I want to see this team do is roll over and die. Okay? I understand Trevor Lawrence could be a once-in-a-generational type quarterback. And yada, 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 he's, he's the greatest thing since Peyton Manning. I really don't care. You keep telling me that the Jaguars should tank, and I'll keep showing you. Well, the last first, the, the last pick, um, you know, the, the top overall uh, quarterback taken in every single draft, the last one that was actually a Super Bowl champion was Peyton Manning. And that was, what, 22 years ago? So we have to go all the way back 22 years ago to find the first quarterback taken of each draft to win a Super Bowl was Peyton Manning. So to sit here and tell me Trevor Lawrence is going to solve all your problems, I'm here to say, no, he's not. So, get that, so people got to get that through their heads, first of all. Number two... I understand what you're saying, and, and and I think that's kind of the the overall narrative right now, how this team is constructed, of some of these decisions being made right now. Listen, they're not going to win a lot of games. No. That's that's they they went through the easiest part of their schedule, and you know what? They failed with flying colors, so it's only going to get harder from here. So you better believe they're going to be in the top three, top four. I mean, maybe a top five, but that's even generous right now in terms of where they're going to be draft, you know, drafting and everything like that. And I get that. But, and I don't know if it's the pride of me, Brent. I don't know if it's the former player in me. Whatever the reason may be, I'm not cheering for this team to lose. I'm not going to come in here ever and say, I hope they lose tomorrow. I hope they lose. No, I, I'm not wired like that. That's a loser mentality. And you know what? There's been way too many losses in this city. And I know what you're going to tell me. Well, sometimes you got to sacrifice some losses for the greater good in the future. I don't care, man. I I expect this team to come out and compete every single week. That's how the NFL is supposed to be played. That's how it's set up, where teams like the Jets and the Jaguars, yeah, maybe the personnel, maybe the rosters aren't as good as other teams, but the way the NFL works is, man, that you have a chance every single week to win. I've watched this team the past five weeks now, and they haven't even come close to winning. No. It hasn't even been remotely close. No. That's why I'm so frustrated. Did I expect a lot of wins this year? No, I think I expected five and then maybe six wins after we kind of broke it down again. I didn't expect a lot of wins from this team, 
But I expected competitiveness. And that's where my frustration's coming. Well, especially after the first two weeks. And, and listen, I'm not even advocating, and I certainly, without question, I'm not saying the coaches in there and the players in there are trying to lose. I, I just don't believe in that. I don't think they are. I think there's too much competitive spirit in there. And quite frankly, I don't think they have this outside view of, oh, my gosh, Trevor Lawrence might change the organization. I don't think they care about that stuff. So I don't think the players and coaches are in that mode. I'm just saying I can't find a win. I'm the most positive guy in Jacksonville over the last dozen years about this franchise. I've tried to spin it a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. I've tried to find you the sunshine and rainbows look on a lot of different things. I cannot look at this schedule and honestly tell you that I think they're going to win. So my point is they can continue to try hard. That's okay. It's admirable. I think the effort was there yesterday again. I don't think they're not trying hard. Mm. I just don't think they're good enough to win. And Mm. I don't think that's changing. I don't think they have a fix. Now, could they spark it with somebody? If you look at Houston, they changed the coach, and Mm -hmm. since then they beat the Jags, which I don't know what that says, but they actually had a good output there, and then they actually had a really good performance against Tennessee for the most part in terms of points scored and still lost the game. Uh, They gave up 600 yards on defense, but uh, if you look at Atlanta, they changed the coach, and look what they do. They go up and put up a pretty good number against Minnesota, another struggling team, so I don't know what it exactly says. Point being is if you make a change right now, the trend in the NFL is you're going to get a spark. Yeah. You know, something's going to be a little bit different. Something's going to grab your attention. We've seen it around here from offensive coordinators to coaches to whatever. I mean, we got the, the Doug Marone got the bump himself. Mm-hmm. You know, back in 2016, he took over the final two games. They played six quarters of maybe their best football of the year, blew it in the second half against Indy in the final game. But I guess that's how it works. For some reason, there's a little bump there. I, I think if you combine the fact that that's really not the best recipe in the long view for Shad Khan to turn this thing around, and also with what he's told us in the past, that's what I'm going off. He has literally said, listen, it doesn't do you any good to change in the middle of the year. He doesn't seem to believe in it. Now, maybe we will find out when they lose to the Chargers next week, because I think they'll lose to the Chargers next week, that during a bye week, which is a good time to make some of these kind of changes, mm-hmm. maybe there are some changes made. The other part of that, man, and we'll get into this, is Doug Marone basically said, we're riding with the guys we got in the coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, he is not changing. Yeah. So if Doug Marone, Doug Marone is not selling someone out to help save his job, I guess is the way he's viewing it, mm-hmm. because he's not looking for an internal spark. He's putting it more on, hey, we got to go make plays. And I'm not saying he absolved himself from any problems. They're all, they all have issues. They're all not doing things well enough in Doug's words. But he's certainly not going after that spark where we see a lot of coaches who might be on a hot seat and could be nearing the end, try to make a change. Uh, and Todd Listen, Walsh obviously being the best candidate for that. I have my own thoughts about that that we don't have time to discuss right now. Um, so we'll talk about that after the break here, about, you know, obviously Doug Marone's comments about Todd Walsh and all that stuff going forward. You asked me, like, sh- should they make a change right now in some aspect, or do they just keep things the same? To me, it's very simple. And listen, I don't know who's advising Shad Khan and saying, well, if you fire somebody right now, that's not good for business. I don't know the football advisor that he has right now that's telling him that, and I, I really don't know. And I, I can point out situations like in Carolina where they got Matt Rule where it did work out. So 
I'm not sure where he's getting his information from from there. I don't agree with it. But all I'm going to say is, and I called this on Friday, I think Matt Patricia was coaching for his job. I said this on Friday when we're doing our picks. And Saturday comes out saying, well, he's kind of coaching for his job a little bit. And then Sunday, what happens? Nobody was talking about the Detroit Lions defense. We didn't talk about it. What were we worried about? Their offense, man. How are you going to stop Jones? How are you going to stop Galladay? How are you going to stop, I guess, maybe Adrian Peterson and Matthew Stafford? How are you going to stop those guys? We didn't once mention their defense. You know why? Because their defense, with all due respect to the Lions, they're not that good. Set aside from Trey Flowers, I can't name another guy in that defense besides Okuda. They didn't scare me at all. What happens to Detroit? They come in, they set the tempo, they hit hard, they play great defense, because you know why? That's what Matt Patricia preaches, and that team won that game for Matt Patricia. It goes to show you that you don't need all these household names to be successful, okay? I don't care what you what your names are on paper. Sometimes you got to step up, whether it's with coaching or with players playing better ball, and say, you know what, we we got to win this one. Like we have our backs against the wall right now on the road. We can't lose this one. The Jaguars' backs have been against the wall for how many weeks now, and have they even been competitive in these games? No, no. Where's the resilience? Where's the resilience? Right. Don't get me wrong. Yes, some players have shined over there. Some players have shined over there. But I'm talking about as as a collective. When this team's back has been against the wall, and we're all talking bad about the team, and they hear us talking about them, obviously, and they address it in the media and all that good stuff. But my question is, when their back's against the wall, who's leading and saying, no more, man? we got to step up. It doesn't matter how young we are. It doesn't matter what our roster looks like. We can overcome this. The Lions did it. Why can't the Jaguars? Yeah, well, I think the Lions did, as what I've read, is, is they pivoted in a big way away from man-to-man defense into the zone defense. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Where they were primarily man-to-man, which New England obviously comes from New England, and, and they do that a lot. Well, they pivoted uh, during the bye week to a very zone-heavy defense. Like They went from like 70% man to 40% man. They made a big change. But they also stopped the run, Brent. Well, they did, but they made a change, man. Like, they actually said, we're going to do something entirely different, or at least vastly different. Mm -hmm. The Jags still keep saying they're going to tell us that we're going to run the ball, and you look up and they've got 14 carries in a game or 16 Mm -hmm. carries in a game. They still are not doing that. I know score dictates that. But once again, Gardner Minshew had 44 pass attempts. Uh, They... They said they built this thing to stop the run. They can't stop the run. A 54-yard run by Swift, the 100-yard day, two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson, who? They didn't even need him. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford running around a little bit. The guy's a statue, and he's running around. Mm-hmm. And then what about this thought that you had, the wide nine stuff, the chase on stuff? The, why can't they take a practice or two and throw a wrinkle in there? Are they throwing more wrinkles than the naked eye says? Maybe, yeah. but it certainly isn't playing out. They're not executing it well. All I'm going to say is this. If, if there's no changes to be made, especially during the bye week, if there's no changes to be made, th- then it shows you what Shot Khan's goal is all along. And that's just my opinion. Then you, then the whole plan, the whole time, getting rid of Calais Campbell, A.J. Boye, Leonard Fournette, Ronnie Harrison, you're trying to get Trevor Lawrence. It's as simple as that. Yeah, more on that thought, okay, uh, from a – again, they're not trying to tank in my opinion, I don't think – but it also is like laughable that they're not trying to tank, but they are. Like they might go one in fifteen. Like this is very real. They could go one in fifteen, and they're trying to win. Everything they did in the off season, they said they're trying to win. They weren't even trying to tank, but here we are. Well, then just keep doing the same thing week by week and see where it gets you. Well, and there's there an underbelly of that that speaks to well, maybe they're not really trying as much as they should be. A little more on that when we get back on ESPN six ninety. 
Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Is Todd Wash safe at this point? Yes, yes. As long, yes. as, long as I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm the head coach, yes, he's safe. We've done things. We've worked on him. We've changed things up. We've pressured. We've played defense. I think, um, you know, we need someone to step up and make plays. Well, that sent everybody into a frenzy. Hey, we're all good. You know what? They changed it up a little bit. They're sending pressure. They changed it up. Hey, we're all good. That'll do it. Nothing to see here, Brent. I see. I think there are two things there. I mean, is Doug Marone essentially saying it's the players? I saw this with Jack Del Rio toward the end of his run. He basically like, listen, we don't have the talent. And it's not like, listen, I hate the players. They're, Doug's not saying that. Doug respects the players. I think he likes the players, but they're young players and they don't have a ton of talent. We already know that on the roster and they're making mistakes. But by saying that Todd Wash is safe and that they've given up a franchise record, five straight games of 30 plus points, they can't stop anything. They built this thing to stop the run. They can't stop it. They make bad discipline mistakes. They can't make a big play when they need to make a big play. The Jags finally scored, making a two score game. Bam, Detroit comes right back down the field and scores i mean this is five weeks of this stuff and really it's seven weeks of it from a defensive standpoint and basically what they're saying is we've tried all these different things our players just can't perform our coaches are doing their job isn't that what doug's saying no absolutely and listen the only thing i had to cling on to about this team was the coin toss because they were undefeated in the coin toss and yesterday that went to you know that out the window doug can't even Toss. Now they're losing coin tosses. You know, like that was the only glimmer of hope that I had left, and now that's gone. So what is there to really rally behind now? I'm not sure. But to answer your question, is that kind of a jab at the players? Probably, right? Because, what, I mean, obviously guys haven't been in the right spot. Guys aren't playing with intensity and not making tackles and letting rookies like DeAndre Swift have career days. You know, Adrian Peterson, I mean, yeah, and granted, Adrian Peterson didn't have the best day, but he got off to a pretty good start. Like, they, they ran the ball. It's like, all right. AP's got a little bit. Let's keep running the ball. And that was kind of the, you know, the, the, that was the, the, the whole story the whole day on Sunday. But here's the thing, though. And this is what drives me nuts about the situation right now that we find ourselves in with this Jaguars team. If it truly is the players, and like you're, if you're Doug Marone, you're giving passive-aggressive jabs towards the players right now. Well, well that's toward the GM. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. But it's really toward the GM. Sure. Well, maybe. But then don't sit there and tell me before week one that you love your team. D- d- don't sit here and tell me that you finally got your guys in that locker room and you're going to win some ball games. Because you can't have it both ways. Either you like your team and you were wrong about your team, or you, didn't, you never liked your team, you lied to us, and now obviously there has to be some personnel changes. I- I've got a couple questions for you. How in the world do you look this bad? Like you've played, you listen. You were on the Malarkey team, man. I mean, uh, you, this it was a bad run. We also lost four games in overtime. I, I'm just well, exactly. That's part of this. How do you look this bad, though? How how does it go this wrong? Really, uh, three out of four weeks. I mean, I won't even count Cincinnati. If you, I'll, I'll be nice to the Jags and say it was an eight point game at the end, it really wasn't. But I mean, it's really been four weeks where the Jags have been down multiple scores in the fourth quarter, and they needed a prayer to win. I mean, they need a prayer to win anyway, but they really needed a prayer to win once they were given that situation. Hmm. Miami, Cincinnati, Houston, and 
Detroit. Detroit. Austin Lane, we're talking about four teams that are not that good. Like, I mean, these are these are average to below average teams in the NFL, yeah. and they're not even sniffing a chance to win the games, as you pointed out earlier in the show. How does it get that bad? Like, what I would like to I, – I try to find, hey, they did this well, did that well, this guy played well, this guy played – it is really hard against the Dolphins yeah. uh, this game uh, and and parts of others to even say, wow, this guy played well. Like, I guess you could say Schobert played pretty well yesterday, comes away with a pick, looked like he was flying around a little bit more. But, but like, how do you Keelan get to Cole a point? Played well, yeah, Keelan year. Cole played well. How do you get to a point, though, when you have some 30 guys playing in a game and you can only find two, maybe no, three guys uh, that are playing well? Listen, and yesterday, you know, for I uh, did my observation video, Probably the the shortest one I've ever did, and probably the most frustrating one I ever did. Because usually, like, yeah, it, it's been bad the past four weeks or so, five weeks. But like, I always try to make it a habit of, well, he looked good. Well, he looked good. Like, there, I always try to find a silver lining. Because I'll be honest, I mean, I was once in that locker room, and I know that guys are busting their, you know what? And I I want to give props to where I see props. But like yesterday, the frustration I me mean, just boiled over. I'm like, listen, I'm sure guys had good games yesterday. I'm not going to say anything because I don't care because it's nothing sticking out to me. Now, in retrospect, Joe Schobert had a pretty good game. Keewan Cole had a pretty good game. But, like, I don't care if you lose by 20, 30, 40, 50. Someone's going to have a good game, game yeah. when you lose a game. It's just That's the way the NFL works, yeah. Brent. It's the way fantasy football works. Like, through all the losing, there's going to be good players, right? Well, with that being said, we're, we're to the point now where it's getting hard to even name those players. It is. Like, spoiler alert, every single week that the Jaguars lose, someone's going to play good. That's the way, the, I mean, if nobody played good, then shoot me into the sun. Like, someone's going to play good. That's the way the NFL's set up. But at the end of the day, we're talking about more guys playing bad right now than are playing good. It, and I guess, like, that's what I know everybody's trying to figure this out. Like, how does it happen? How do we get to this point in Jacksonville where you can start a game and you, you're playing the worst run defense and you go negative one zero on your first two carries, a little dump off pass, three and out. And then your punter, who has been good at, you know, in his short career for the most part, although I think he has struggled a bit this year. He kicks a 29-yard punt, yeah. and he gives him the ball at the 50. And then you know what? The defense actually, on a bunch of those plays, did a pretty good job with the short field position, but they jump off sides. They let Matthew Stafford run for 11 yards on a third and whatever, pick up a big gain running. Um I mean, how does it get to the point where that kind of domino happens? Like, I've been, I've played sports. I mean, we all played sports. We know when you get bad momentum, you get bad momentum. But I mean, we just saw, like, I just explained to you the first three minutes of a game that it went from the running back to the offensive line to the quarterback to the punter to the defense. I mean, you know how do you start a game and have that much rollover in bad play in the first three minutes of a game? No, it's, listen, and, <clears throat> It, it, it's always the question that stems, well, who's it on? The players or the coaches, the players or the coaches, the players or the coaches. Okay? At the end of the day, Brent, this team week by week has gotten worse. 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 Sorry, I said worst. That's because I'm, I'm so well, frustrated right would, now. Some wish they were the worst. You know? Um, no, they have gotten worse. And the players you have are the players you have. Okay? Now, would a lot of teams take some of these players? Probably not. But you got to find a way to make it work. And the fact that you have the youngest team right now, I think it's still the youngest team in the NFL. I don't know how the metrics all line up and everything, but the fact that you have one of the youngest teams in the NFL, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be times where there's going to be accountability issues and all those types of things. And that's where leadership has to shine through. And more specifically, coaching has to shine through. 
right? I'm okay, and I've said this week. I feel like I'm. Re- Listen, these Monday shows, they're essentially just play the Monday show from last week, and let's just go home because I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Listen, I expect this team to get beat sometimes. I expect players to get outplayed on the Jaguars just because you know what? Sometimes teams are just better than you. The Lions are not one of those teams. I hate to tell you, but they're not. So with that being said, when you keep regressing week by week by week, that has to fall on coaching, and it has to fall on accountability. And when the head coach of your team sits in front of the media and says, well, our defensive coordinator's not going anywhere. No, as long as I'm the coach, he's not going anywhere. That tells me that there's no accountability. Like, the NFL is the most cutthroat job you're ever going to see. I can I can write books upon books upon books regarding with players and coaches of the messed up stuff that I've seen when I played and the messed up stuff that I've heard about after I retired. Okay? It's just it's a cutthroat league. And you mean to tell me right now that you got your quote-unquote friends back, that all of a sudden a friendship's more important than winning games? When did that happen? When did friendships and, and who you know and inner circles become more important than winning football games? Because that's what it sounds like right now. Yeah, I that statement stunned me. As it should. I mean, it absolutely stunned me. And listen, I I, I really like Todd Wash. I mean, he's been here a long time. Mm. I don't think this is all on Todd Wash. I think he's dealt a, a deck that doesn't isn't fully stacked let's just say that he's had issues over the years i know he's been really a a punching bag for the fan base but i haven't been as strong in that with todd wash i I think he's had good moments and and not so good and now we're rolling into a couple years in a row of not good defenses so you earn it this isn't personal it's i called for it three weeks ago i basically said hey you need a spark you got to do this quick like your job might be on the line when you give up three four in a row of 30 games and you just don't look like you can do anything just do something. Just mix it up. I mean, that's what happens. That's You mix it up sometimes. You got to change it up. And and the Jags are refusing to do that right now. Like, Doug Marone is refusing to do that. Doug Marone will mix it up and say, hey, we'll defer. No, we'll take the ball after we win the toss. He'll mix it up, and they'll try to throw wrinkles in, and they'll mix it up at how they approach the early part of games, he said today, even though they're struggling in the early part of games. I get it. Like, you're mixing those things up. Well, sometimes you got to really send a message or just mix it up so much so that everybody gets the attention. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like... He's willing to do it. And 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 his unwillingness to do that, and, and the context he put it in, Doug Marone, not only yesterday postgame, but even today, is basically he said, listen, I've been a head coach for 10 years. Like, I've had to make these kind of decisions before. But that's not what we're seeing right now. He, he He's essentially taking the blame away from his coaching staff and putting it on the players yep. is how I read it. Yep. And saying, listen, we're coaching it. These guys aren't doing it well enough. We're not making that play on third and 11. We're not making that play on third and two on offense. And, and you know, listen, I do believe it's a player's league. I'm not saying you guys don't know anything about coaching. But I've seen the same thing you've seen, the same thing this town has seen. And the same thing I would think the owner and everybody else has seen, that this team is getting worse. Yeah. Like, they started pretty good. They surprised everybody. And I'm not even saying they raised everybody's expectations, which they did do. But they're not even playing better since Miami. Yeah. Like, Miami was looked like a bottom-out, awful game. They just did it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's a month later. Like, you have got to mix something else up. And I understand they're trying things, but when you have no answers... 
That is a giant red flag. Like, it's a giant red flag. And I just don't know if they've changed things drastically enough, whether it is a coach, whether it is a scheme thing. Who cares if you've practiced it? What your practice isn't even working. Yeah, listen, and obviously this is nothing personal to Todd Wash, right? And I've showed the story a little bit before. I want to quick reiterate it one more time. I have nothing against Todd Wash as a person. Todd Wash to me, I actually owe a giant thank you to. Because when I was on the verge of getting cut during OTAs, you know, when Gus Bradley came in... They wanted to keep me through the entire OTAs so they had an extra body on the roster. Todd Wash got word that they were trying to cut me, and he said, no, if we're going to cut him, then let's cut him right now, and let's give him another team. Like, literally, they're going to keep me on the team to be a pawn, essentially, and just be another camp body until OTAs were done. Todd Wash said, absolutely not. If the kid's not going to be here, then let's get him out right now, and we'll, we'll take care of it. Like, we'll bring another guy in, or else we'll have less guys, and so be it. So I owe Todd Wash that, right? So I have a lot of respect for that dude. Let's not get it twisted. But in terms of this defensive scheme right now, one of two things are happening. And you know what? They're both bad. Either, number one, you don't have the personnel to run what you want to run, right? And I get it. It's an ego thing. You think that no matter what you have as personnel, it's going to work. Well, it's not working right now. Because if you're not watching these games, it's simple what teams are trying to do. They're not out scheming you. All they are doing is running to the weak side. And by the weak side, I mean a three technique in Taven Bryant and then the, 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 the defensive end, whether it's Chase on, whoever else is playing over there. They're running away from the strong side because you've dictated the strong side and the weak side. It's super simple. DeAndre Smith had that long run yesterday. I have to watch it back. I saw what happened. They ran to the weak side. Right up the middle, what you're supposed to prevent. So either, number one, you don't have the personnel to run what you want to run, or number two, you do, and the information that you're trying to purvey is not getting through. The, the, the coaching that you're trying to do is not absorbed by your team, right? Because we, we're seeing the same mistakes over and over and over again. Either way, it's bad. Either way, you're, you're coaching, how you're trying to get your point across isn't working, or the scheme isn't working. But at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching, okay? So either change up the way you want to prevail your information, number one, or number two, find a new scheme. But this isn't working right now. Nah, that play is another indication of they got beat up on the lines. Doug Marone acknowledged that today. I'm not surprised they get beat up on their defensive line. They've got a lot of weak spots there. Avery Jones was even out, so it's add to it yesterday. Sure. Josh Allen's out, so two of your guys that you might be a little more stout. So that doesn't even shock me much. But they touted this offensive line, and the offensive line couldn't move anything yesterday. Yep. Even though you wanted to focus on the run, you couldn't do it. Said a lot. Uh, about a, a, a part of this team that you thought was pretty good. I, the offensive line, even before A.J. Can went out, was not good uh, on Sunday. But take a break. We come back. Seriously, are there signs that the Jags just aren't exhausting all possibilities to try to get this right here in 2020? I think there might be. It's next on ESPN 690. You know, we all love playing for a coach that, you know, is going to take accountability and he's going to stand kind of on the front lines there with us. Um, but we all know, like, we all have to do better. There's not a guy out there dressing that, you know, can't do a better job. So at the end of the day, we all have to, you know, raise our game up a little bit and uh, that'll get us where we want to go. Yeah, maybe get in the right direction. I mean, listen, they can play better than they're playing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're a bad football team right now, but they're they're not as bad as they have played at times, probably. Dolphins, Lions, they're probably, you know, 
they're somewhere in the middle of the first two games and and this, uh, but they're somewhere in the middle of that, which still doesn't make you very good. It makes you the team that lost thirty three to twenty five to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who have one win, you know, and blew a twenty one nothing lead yesterday. You're you're a team that lost by a couple scores to a one win Houston team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think they're as bad probably as as what they've portrayed against Detroit and Miami. Uh, unfortunately, those are right at home. Typical Jags play great football at home. I mean, thankfully, it's there's not a lot of fans there to yeah. see. I mean, it's there's no home field anything for the Jags over. There. They've played some of their worst games at home, um, and there's plenty to pick from home and and, and road uh, for the Jags. So Jaguars. Let's get Steven on the line real quick. Uh, then I got a thought or two. Uh, are the Jags even trying? Like, I don't mean. I know they're not tanking on, in the locker room. The I know they're not man. tanking in, in the room. But I'm, I'm asking you from a uh, broad view of trying to get it right. Are they trying hard enough to turn it? Or is this almost like acceptable in 2020 because we're young? Because we're young. Because we're young. I mean, this is like eight years in a row of because we're young. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of the youth talk. Everybody's young in sports. Yeah. Everybody. Rookie quarterbacks win. Freshman quarterbacks win. So what if you're young? Young, I'm so done with the young stuff. Uh, yeah, you're young. Oh, well, you built it that way. <laughs> I mean, that's that's on you. It Steven, is built. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. But true. It's an excuse that nobody listens to anymore. Uh, my my thought is when you guys mention change, you know, I'm a huge Minshew fan. I've read everything on Twitter heard everybody's opinions about physical limitations because of his size, lack of arm strength, and I'm a huge Minshew fan. But before we think about quarterbacks and everything, I would actually pretty much like to see this guy that we got this year, Jake Luton, six foot six, ten and a half inch dishpan frying hand. And out of that QB room, in my opinion, he has the strongest arm. Where Minshew would throw 35, he can get up to around 50-yard passes. Steven, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you're not wrong. He's got a very strong arm. Uh, and he looked pretty good in practices. He didn't look good in the scrimmage that we were at, that we got a chance to see kind of a little bit more live action. We're really live, live. But uh, they're not going to Jake Luton well, right now. I and, mean, And let's be honest. I mean, if you're going to count on Jake Luton to inspire hope right now, to give you encouragement going into the next season, then what are we even doing, Brent? Yeah, I, they're not going to... I'm not saying they won't go to Luton. Just to evaluate talent like, yeah. towards like, and, and the final game of the you, season. I don't know if Minshew's earned himself a spot on the bench just yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's been a little back and forth of some good, some not so good, and then yesterday it wasn't very good at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been a couple of games like that. And, and let's be honest, he had a couple of games like that last year, too. He saved a couple of those games late. I mean, the Houston game, week two, his, his first start, uh, it was really bad most of the way until like the last three minutes. He had a little bit of that in Oakland until the last quarter. He had a little bit of that even in Denver, I think, until he pulled off the magic. So it's not he's had some inconsistencies. I just don't think he's earned enough to be like, all right, let's bring in Glennon. And Marone said he never even thought about it. And I I don't blame him there. I I don't think it's time to change the quarterback. We'll talk about Minshew. But I don't really think one of the solutions right now is go to Glennon or Luton. I really don't. Minshew's your best option right now if you want to try to win games. And that takes me to this, right? There's all this tanking talk, and which I dismiss, which you dismiss from a player and coach perspective, and I agree. Uh, but the national guys thought about, hey, but this team's they're going after Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, the fan base says, hey, lose them all. We, we, 
we're going after Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. The bottom line is you don't have to say that anymore. This team right really has the ability, it looks like, based on schedule and performance to this point, that they can try as hard as they want, but 1-15, might, they might be destined for it. What I'm asking is this. Are they doing enough internally to get us to stop even saying that? To even wonder if they are... Hey, they had a kicker kicking, and I understand he's the fifth guy in six weeks, but they had a kicker kicking that has never attempted a field goal in any football game. Any football game. Mm -hmm. High school, college, NFL. That counted. It was a preseason game for Cincinnati a couple of years ago. But that, I mean, that's the best. That's, well, that's the best option. That's well, the best yeah. option you can bring to a to a team that might need a field goal. Mm-hmm. Then, then you take away the field goal. What they have eliminated the last couple of weeks is even the option to kick a field goal because of the field goal kicker they have on their team. I mean, that's the depths of of trying to get it right, trying to win right now, trying to turn it around. I mean, I understand it's the field goal kicker. There's bigger problems. But it's still like that is the answer. No, listen. At least lie to us and act like you care and like bring back Josh Scobie. Get Josh Scobie like on a uh, a three week diet or something like that. Get him in the best shape of his life. Give him steroids if you have to and lie to us. But at least show like you're putting some effort in. Why? Why? Why would you bring in a kicker who has never kicked in a meaningful game before in the NFL? What sense does that make? There has to be, and I can Google right now, there has to be another option out there. There just has to be. Are you kidding me? Don't get me wrong. The guy looked cool on the sidelines. He had a little swag on with that hair and everything. He had swag. Looked good. But from kicking field goals, not so good. And by the way, this I just isn't his understand. fault. He made no. one. Good for him. He made one. Then he missed one. And then he made the extra okay. point. And then, I Congratulations mean, on your first kick in the NFL ever. So yeah. I mean, there you good go, good man. For him. It's good yeah. for him. Put on your resume. When that is, is, we're six weeks into a season, and that's where we're at. Yeah. Right? And so that's not my only sign. Oh, the sign is, is for three weeks in a row, they have faced a bad run defense. Yeah. And they will not run the ball. But like, like, wh- I know yeah. they tried a little bit early on and it didn't work. I get it. Ryan shut them down, though. They did, but 16 carries in a game and 44 passes still doesn't feel like it's a, a much of an attempt. But listen, when you bring in a kicker who, once again, and I'll repeat myself, can't believe I'm, I'm saying this, has never kicked in a game before, never kicked a field goal in a game before, when you bring him in, what kind of message are you sending? Do you expect it to be a blowout where you're going to dominate the Lions? Do you expect it to be blown out? Maybe probably a little more truthful, but like... We know how important the kicking game is, all right? Games in the NFL are usually close. What kind of message are you sending bringing that guy in? It makes zero sense, and guess what? More bad optics because the national media right now is laughing at us as they should be. So you make that move at kicker. You just, you just won't run the ball. You refuse to basically run the football and tr- and not good at it yesterday. You won't make any coaching changes, you basically told us. You're not making any scheme changes. I mean, are they trying to win? That's a fair question right now. Are you doing enough to try to win? Gardner Minshew isn't doing enough. More on him next on ESPN 690.